Conversations with Amazing Me, Amazing You. Hi, everybody. Today, I am so excited to have my gorgeous friend, Lucy Wolf on as my guest. So Lucy is a wonderful sleep consultant and the author of two amazing sleep books, one, The Baby Sleep Solution, and the second one, All About the Baby Sleep Solution. And also, Lucy is a mom of four gorgeous kids. Welcome, Lucy. Hello, how are you? Great, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thanks for having me. Delighted to have you here, Lucy. So just to um, share how we met, we met through the Relationship Studies Program. And uh, so I am really curious, what brought you to that in the first place? There was two or three different reasons. I had been interested, I'd looked at it a few times, the course itself. Um, I obviously loved the fact that it was in Cork, uh, in UCC, and I was intrigued by it. I was a parent, uh, I'm a parent of four young children, and you know, I think that the challenges that come up for our parents, you know, there's very little resources available to us. And I think my primary reason was for my own family. Yes. That I felt that I just needed more resources for myself. I think I had a different idea of what it was going to be like. I thought I might fix them. Um and obviously it turned out to be slightly different to that. So, and then I did feel that as well for me professionally, that it would be an extra layer. I remember describing it like that for myself. Mm. And so I'd looked at the course and then I decided I wouldn't do it. And then I looked at the course again. And then it took me probably about three years to commit. And then I arrived in um, as a late entry uh, and yeah. began the journey. And I do remember vis- vi- um, vividly coming away on the first night thinking it's actually all going to be okay. That so, resonates so much with me because similarly, I had signed up for thinking about my kids, thinking, oh, I'll find some, some resources or some help or some suggestions on how to parent and be a better parent yeah. and how to have better relationships with them. And the last thing that I was thinking of was the relationship with myself. Oh, that didn't even occur to me. And I guess... I'm very much of the mind anyway, you end up where you need to be, right? And I do think that to date, let's say my career has everything in my life has continued to kind of point me in the direction that I've ended up going in and that ultimately, yeah, I am exactly where I need to be and everything, all sums, uh, all parts of the sums, let's say, lend itself to where I'm at. Um, And I think as well, let's say my own children now who are getting older, they would report a completely distinct difference in the household. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I heard Ellen, the girl who's 16, saying to the youngest guy, this was a totally different house before, Harry. You know, so I love that the difference that that journey and that ongoing inward journey has to, uh, let's say, every aspect. And I love that we're in a really privileged position to expose them to this completely, like I think, amazing way of living yeah. and being and viewing things. Yeah. And like I talk really a lot of the time about how, let's say, my oldest child really led me to being a sleep consultant. And I often refer to him, Jesse, as being my greatest teacher. But ultimately, they, I guess, the parenting journey just kind of, 
sent me in that direction. Yeah. And I suppose I love it and I love I'm doing the masters now and love it. And I think that it, it adds to every aspect of my life. And what's the masters about? The masters is the psychotherapy of relationship mentoring. So it is an extension of the higher diploma. Yes. And I guess it's about deepening, continuing to deepen your relationship. But it also is about inform, informing practice. And, you know, we'll do research. And again, for, you know, um, let's say a, a discipline that's fairly in its early years, that being relationship mentoring, it will provide that evidence base. Yes. Yeah. And although that's not really in line with our philosophies, but that is that is what's needed to help people mm-hmm. understand, you know, and to let them expose them to the value of that lived experience, and that deepening. And, you know, when you first began, so when you signed up for the program in UCC, how would you describe the relationship with yourself before ever beginning? I probably would have said I had no pain. I never examined it, Steph. I never yeah. thought twice about it. Yeah, and again, it's yeah. like everything, you know, I had a fine childhood, you know, I didn't yeah. actually feel that yeah. I had any area yeah. of concern. And I didn't really, I don't think I ever really considered a relationship with myself. Yeah. And now, obviously, when I think of the relationship that I had with myself, mm. you know, highly critical of myself, you know, total judgment all of the time but I actually didn't know there was another way of being yeah and that is the that is the truth and I guess I would have looked at other people going oh that's you know that's all of, you know that's not the same for me yes you yeah. know but in time I remember one of my uh, classmates kind of kind of calling it like a really painful journey and I remember thinking I don't know what you're talking about but it is painful yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is painful and it's illuminating and it's all of those things. Yeah. I think for me though, and again, this is still me probably projecting though, I love the difference that it makes for all of the relationships that, that I have. Yes. Yeah. You know, that you know, that, that concept of the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. Has that unbelievable ripple effect to and it changes the way that you think about absolutely everything in a really positive way. And I think also it gave me the opportunity, you know, as, as as when you grow up, for me anyway, I brought lots of stuff with me. Yes. You know, traditions, um, views that weren't actually really my own. Yeah. But you digest yeah. them and you yeah. carry them forward. And actually it really wasn't until maybe, let's say, my oldest son was kind of questioning, asking questions that I never even thought to ask. Yes. Yeah. And I suppose I love that then I was in a position to look at that in yeah. a, you know, in a really authentic way. Yeah. I for myself that. and for them. Yeah. And I just love, let's say, the culture that we have created myself and my husband now in our household. And I think that that just has a massive knock on effect to the children and how they will continue to live their lives. Yeah. yeah. You know, even the books they're reading, the, yeah. the way they think about themselves, all those things, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Fabulous. I remember similarly, you know, going in thinking, I think my relationship is fine with myself, but not really understanding what it meant to have a relationship with myself. I had no idea really what that concept meant, you know, to be loving and unconditional with myself all of the time, because I would have similarly been really critical and judgmental. And now that I've been practicing this and still practicing it, it is incredible to see the impact it has in all, all my relationships. 
And like that, one of my kids only recently said, uh, how did you never know that you were always in a relationship with yourself? I know. And I, I thought, what? How? That, like, that's remarkable that she's grown up like that, thinking, of course, everyone has a relationship with themselves. Whereas I had no idea. It was never, uh, my focus was definitely on relationships with everyone else outside of myself. Yeah, I know. And then I suppose, you know, I guess I was probably, you know, the person who fixes things, pleases everybody, you know, reliable. And yeah, I think I'm all those things now, but I am that for myself first. Yes. And I love that. Yes. And obviously it gave me the chance to meet you, which is fantastic. Yeah. I know. And I suppose, you know, as part of the work that we did, you know, you were my mentor and, you know, you, I would come to your house for my sessions and I would drive to your house thinking, I have absolutely nothing to talk about today. I mean, I have no idea how we're going to fill an hour. And then we, I would come and sure. <laughs> I think that continued personal reflection, mm. um, that's a big part of what we do as professionals. I think that is huge. Yeah. You know, and there, that continued reflection and being supported by another person, yeah, yeah. you know, and that makes, that does make a huge difference. Huge. I think it's probably one of the biggest learning things for me is that bringing it back to myself. So for years, if I was annoyed at someone saying, oh, they're driving me nuts or look, look at how they're, what they're doing or look at what they're saying. How, I can't believe somebody spoke like that. And yet... Every time I keep my focus out on someone else, I just stay stuck with that feeling. And I stay stuck with pointing my finger and blaming them and for irritating me. Whereas each time I pause and bring it back to myself and say, okay, what's really coming up for me? Just for me. So take my focus off everyone else and just reflect on what's coming up for me. It's just an incredible practice. It really is. Yeah. And also, I think for me as well, professionally, it made a huge difference to the way that I was practicing, to the way I was holding the parents that I work with. But of course, you can only have that, you know, if you have it for yourself first. Yes. So yeah, like I described it, that it added an extra layer, but yes. actually it did so much more than that. Yeah. I love that, actually. I remember hearing that for so long, that, you know, oh, what you have for yourself is all you can give to somebody else. And it's just think, yeah, 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 yeah. But actually, it is so true. Because when I was judging myself, I was so inclined to judge everyone else around me. And once I stopped that judgment and, and being conscious of, oh my goodness, I'm judging myself again, just be kind with myself, be kind and compassionate and try to understand my behavior rather than judging my behavior. All of a sudden, when I had that for myself, I then had it for everyone else I was meeting. I know. It's remarkable. It is. It's amazing. It's a lovely way to be able to live, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we're not, it does, I slip a load. It's an amazing journey to be on. Yes. I'm very grateful. I feel very privileged, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But then I guess we're always searching, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is lifelong, 100%. Uh, you know, my journaling, I know you do your journaling as well. The journaling, I find a phenomenal practice because like that, if I'm in a place of, you know, being irritated or upset with something or somebody, and as soon as I journal it and reflect it and bring it back to myself, it's like, oh my goodness, again. And that's still happening. That even happened this morning. Yeah. So, you know, it is lifelong. Oh, it totally is. And again, I, I was really resistant to the journaling. And again, I think that you were a really big part of my conversion, which I think is very strange anyway, because I kept a diary probably until I was about age 20. Yeah. So I guess that was the 80s and 90s version of yeah. journaling. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do think that it makes a big difference. And I think it gives us a really good opportunity to, you know, just 
I discover and untangle yes. loads yeah. when I'm when I journal. And I'm not a I don't do it every day. Um, but I probably do maybe three to four times a week. Um, but yes, I think that it's an amazing practice if you can begin. Yeah. And then once you begin, I think you will be converted. Yeah, I think so. I think and I think my conversion came actually probably before college, but maybe back to the artist's way that book. Oh yes. Yes, I love that book. That is a phenomenal book. Yeah. I, I recommend that to everybody. Actually, it's a life-changing book, isn't it? Well, yeah, you introduced me to it. And you, if you remember, I said to you I was very belligerent about beginning it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's amazing. Yeah. Now, I haven't done all of the weeks. You know I'm stuck. Yeah. Um, so full disclosure. But um, <laughs> what I have so far got from it is huge. And I just love that it's not about being an artist. As such, it's about being creative. And yeah. we're all creative. And I guess what I love for me to discover is you know things that I let go that I used to love doing um like even simple stuff like baking or I'm trying to think I just I made a wreath remember um and just little things and just being really kind going on those dates things that we probably should be doing naturally but it just gave that little format to encourage that and for me it's unlocked loads and yeah, I think that if you can, everyone should have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, the uh, the artist date, I remember thinking that was a really strange thing to think I might have time on my own as on a date with myself. That sounded so strange and unnatural. And I remember not wanting to tell anyone even what I was doing because the idea of going on a date with myself sounded so alien and uh, just off the wall. And uh, it is now essential for me. And it's difficult, you know, as busy parents, yeah. it's really hard to put yourself first, yeah. you know, and I guess our children, mine children are getting older, they range from 18 to 10. Um, but when they were eight to zero, like I could, I'd actually be honest with you, Steph, I can't imagine how I would have carved out a time for a date. So I'm really conscious that, you know, depending on where you're at in your life cycle, it's really hard to make that time. But what I will say is that even in the busyness of everything, it is an amazing kindness yeah. if you can carve out some time. Because, like, I don't really like this as a saying, but you can't pour from the empty cup. And I don't like it as a saying because I think maybe we could put that better, but I think it is perfect because it is, you have to put yourself first so that you can be, let's say, the person you want and need to be for your family, but more importantly for yourself. Yeah. And I would have been totally confused around that. I, I wouldn't have thought it at the time. But as soon as I became a mom, I would have 100% put my four kids ahead of me. 100%. Like, my needs, I wouldn't have been even familiar with what my needs were because I was 100% focused on meeting my kids' needs. And they were all young, all together. Um, our eldest was five and our fourth was born. It was a crazy busy time. But I didn't want stop to think about what are my needs here at all at all. So it's a it's a learned practice to start putting ourselves first. But as soon as I started minding myself, I was much more present and more able to give loads of love because I'd already filled my own cup up with love. You know? And that's and that's exactly it. But I, it is about starting. Yeah. And I, yeah. that can often feel really, really hard, yeah. and really yeah. threatening to begin. But the overall impact is so big yeah. and positive. Yeah, I think I was stuck as well uh, thinking that I don't need help 
So I didn't need to time out or I didn't need to kind of fill my own cup because I was so on top of everything that I thought I would have been letting myself down to say, oh, I need help here or I need time out. I agree. And I also think that, you know, for me, that would have felt like a weakness. Um, Or, and I would never allow myself to feel that vulnerable. And again, these are the... Let's say the thing that we make it so difficult for yeah. ourselves, so yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah. And again, when you that busyness of being in the trenches with young children, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that does does absolutely um get easier. Yeah. They get old. Like I just think if you say you had four under five, and yeah, I had four, a three under four at one stage, and then that but that you they, they they get bigger yes like there was a time when no one could do anything for themselves yeah you know yeah and everybody needed to be washed by you everyone needed to be yeah. you know everybody's nails needed to be chopped by you and then that just changes you know those jobs that you yes. do yes that business goes out of it so I like remember our mornings used to be so hectic you know, where everybody needed their breakfast made and everybody needs to be kind of readied yeah. for school while you put on a wash and fill up your dryer and the dishwasher. And obviously it just changes. Yes. And I suppose for those people who are in the trenches, yes, I always make a point to let them know that it does change. Yeah. You know, it does get easier from that full-on labor-intensive oh, yeah. piece. Yeah. You know, it changes completely in, and it becomes, I feel sometimes, more difficult in another way. Oh, 100%. You know, um, but that busyness does seem to, I think. Yeah, get. I, I would have had similar experience. You know that those early years are physically exhausting and phys- physically challenging. And then as they get older, though, I would have felt more emotionally challenged. That's exactly the words I would use. Yeah, um, yeah because it is so difficult. It's so much more, di- the, the physical demands are gone because they're independent, but because they're independent, they're out there yeah. and... Uh, there's the worry and that's a huge thing actually that I still have to remind myself is to parent with trust rather than parent with fear because I can hear my own thoughts getting into a knot of uh, what are they doing where are they who are they with you know that kind of fearful uh, just worrying about what I don't know and I really have to pull back into myself and reflect on okay what's coming up for me here and just Flip it as much as I can to trust them and just trust that, you know, they're able to mind themselves. They're, you know, they're, it's really important that they're spreading their wings and it's really important that I don't know everything, but it's just to parent with trust rather than parenting with fear. I absolutely, and I agree. And it's so hard to do. Yeah. But I, you know, as they get older, that open communication is so important that they do feel they can come and tell you all the things and that your face doesn't show that you yes. don't want to necessarily hear that, but you want that. I mean, I suppose I. Yeah. one of the things that we do in an effort to try and make sure they keep coming yeah. and telling us everything is we have this idea of a family meeting yeah. nearly every night. Yeah. Um, it starts at about half past eight, a little bit earlier for Harry. And I wait for the kids in my room and they, they drop by either separately or en masse yeah. in, an, in an effort to keep those lines of communication open and, you know, just let it be that safe space. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is really hard. It's so hard to allow them yeah. to get older. And it's so wonderful yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, I was filling out CAO forms this weekend. I was just thinking, well, first of all, the fear 
when I was filling out mine oh, yeah. and how laborious it was trying to fill out a form. We had to write it, as you remember, and post it and and then just to be doing it on the computer. But it, I suppose it just made me feel that, you know, have a son. Yeah. You know, going even... And what a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. It is a privilege to watch them growing up. It is. Yeah. And I guess if you can keep them alive until that point mm-hmm. uh, and keep yourself um, alive too, yes. uh, yeah. then that makes all the yeah. difference. It's amazing. And do you know one of the things that I learned in college, which I thought I would have been a great listener, mm. and uh, I don't know if I said this to you, that I was sitting with Owen at the time. I'm not sure now. He was only young still. And I came home and I thought, okay, we had been studying listening. And I came home to say, I'm going to practice listening. I'm really going to pay attention and try not to interrupt him. And we were sitting in his room and he started chatting away. And I, I could hear my mind wanting to interrupt and wanting to make a suggestion and wanting to give advice. And I just waited, waited, and I just listened. And when he finished speaking, and I took a little moment, you know, to let him, to make sure he was finished. And he said, thanks, mum. I really felt listened. And he he said something like, I think that's the first time I felt listened. I was gobsmacked. I went, what? I thought I'd been listening for years. Yeah. But the listening for me was a huge thing in building the communication. So that there's open, there's far more open communication, I feel, in my relationships, if Whoever is coming to speak to me knows I will just listen without trying to judge or without trying to advise them or tell them this is what you should be doing. Yeah. You should know shoulds that if I can just listen because we always have the answers ourselves. And so often we just need to speak and speak our thoughts through and we'll figure out the answer. Exactly. Ourselves. But it's about trying to allow that space. Yeah. It's hard to do. Like I remember, like you're talking about the listening, but I remember like the I message. I remember doing all the I messages, all the you messages just dressed up as I messages. <laughs> and uh, like yeah. it is, it's it's just way it's changing every part of yeah. how you communicate and yeah. are. Yeah. And it takes a lot of practice. Huge practice. I, I remember those I messages being hilarious for, for the kids because... I was so used to saying, um, no, you can't do that. And then I was trying to say, well, I think you can't do that. Which yeah, isn't, that's what isn't a nice message at all. And then to really bring it back to myself. But I had to create tiny pauses. But sometimes they were really long pauses. And uh, the kids would be looking at me going, yes, what do you want to say? As I was trying to untangle all my old way of speaking mm. and really honestly speak from a place of I. And just have a nice message. So it's really hard. Really. Yeah. Or so worth it. Yeah. So worth it. And I don't know, um, did I say this to you before about Alana when we had the dog Buddy and he ran away with her. um, This is actually, this is now about separating, you know, when you separate a person from their behavior. Mm. And but it was her eye message as well. And uh, she, Buddy had ran out of one of her socks out into the garden. And uh, she had, um, and it was early days in the program that when I was learning about this communication and separating behavior from the person and uh, she anyway called out. She said, Buddy, come back. You, you know, and, uh, and then Buddy wasn't coming back. And she said, Buddy, come back. I love you, but not your behavior. Oh, I love it. And I thought, that's amazing. Because I wasn't, I found that really hard at the beginning to separate a person from their behavior. Because I think if I saw somebody acting up or acting unkindly, I'd have thought, oh, that's, they're unkind. Rather than separating, oh, their behavior is unkind, but I still love them. Yeah. That was huge for me, actually. There's so much learning, in, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah. And it's an amazing course, first of all. Yeah. But I guess it's the course <laughs> that you do, right? Yes. It's yeah. the ongoing. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. so I find, I must say, I find it 
really hard sometimes. Yeah. And it's not easy to stay and like it's easy to slip into mm. the, especially when, and this, these are the times that I would notice it most is when, you know, when I'm not looking after yourself, when you are, you know, I guess maybe working too long, you've, lo- you know, loads going on and then it's very easy then. A hundred percent. That's, I notice that as well, Lucy. If I'm, if when I feel irritated or I'm feeling cross with someone and I know that, you know, it's actually just a behavior that I've seen before and I haven't reacted like this. So my reaction is always about myself. And then if I look at it, I have definitely, I've, I've stopped looking after myself with my own self-care. You know, I've, I haven't been journaling. Journaling is the one for me now that I do try every morning because it just kind of sets me up for the day. But maybe I didn't do it until later in the evening. So it was more like a diary format. Yeah. Or I didn't eat so well that day. Or it's always when I haven't looked after myself. I know. And I think in the moment when things are so difficult, you know, in this year specifically with COVID and all the restrictions and the limitations, I think it's been pretty difficult for people in general to, you know, keep let's say, even feeling positive, being optimistic and for looking after themselves. And especially now in the wintertime, I think like I'd be committed to trying to walk every day. And I really love that as my own self-care practice. But then it's easy to be dissuaded from doing that when you finish work and it's dark and it's raining. And I suppose it is about trying to continue to find ways that you Mm -hmm. are looking after yourself and then having that, let's say, effect on everybody around you. Yeah. It does. It, it, it comes back to, you know, what we have for ourselves is what we can only give to others. Yeah. But I, I, I totally agree with you. I think this year is an extraordinarily difficult year and we've been so much out of our routine. And we went from, you know, I would have worked at home alone once from, you know, from half eight until six o'clock home alone uh, to six, you know, adults. Well, kind of, you know, our kids are age 16 to 21. And it's like all of a sudden six adults at home. So that's a phenomenal change. We really, so it is really important to try to continue minding our way, ourselves in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And I see it, you know, I guess with the parents that I'm working with, a lot of the time this, I mean, this year has been huge, especially for new parents, you know, children born in lockdown and then never really coming out of lockdown. Of course, the restrictions were lifted and in some ways. So it's been a really difficult thing, lots of separation anxiety for children. You have to go back into the school environment. Um, and again, it's just, well, look, we're still in the middle of it. Um, but I just think it's important for us to acknowledge, you know, the struggle that people actually are experiencing. And all people like you and me trying to figure out ways of helping mm. and supporting mm. them within that. Yeah. Do you know what I find hugely helpful that uh, for myself, even, you know, that breath, you know, the conscious breath, like if I pause just for one minute when I'm feeling, oh, I need a little bit of space, but I can't go anywhere or I need to go out in the garden, but it's lashing, raining or hailstone, that just to create a tiny minute just for myself and, and try to focus on my breath and in my mind say, okay, I'm breathing lots of love in and I'm breathing lots of love out. And I'd look at the timer, you know, and just do it for a minute. And I find it so nourishing. Yeah, I agree. And I often feel that if I just pay attention to how my body is feeling. Yeah. While I, you know, we're looking at that breath. Yes. And just, it does ground you. Yeah. And you can do that from anywhere. Yes. Yeah. I did. I used to, um, one of the places I do it now is in the traffic, which is, you know, when, when before I would have been irritated with the traffic or not, uh, or the red lights. And now I think, oh. 
opportunity just to remember to come back into our breath. And I, I love that, Lucy, actually coming back into our body because our body is always communicating with us. Yeah, it? amazing. Yeah. 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 That kind of little, if there's a pain across my shoulder, there's, you know, it's, we're all, our, yeah, our bodies are so incredible. Yeah, I agree. And I suppose, you know, I was telling you recently about how often I would blush when I speak, you know, in a, yeah. in a group. And, you know, I used to consider that to be my body's way of betraying me almost. Yeah. And then somebody said to me, but it's more like revealing something. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, and I was able to sit with that and try and figure out for myself, you know, yeah. you know, what does that mean for me? Yeah. And I think I was able to, you know, look at that for myself and almost decipher it. Yeah. And then sometimes when you were able to decipher it, you release the power of it. Yeah. yeah. And then again, in some way, like I would say, maybe I'm not blushing as much. Yeah. Because now I feel I've, I've, I've revealed the, the yes. true cause yeah. and the yeah. alert for me. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I, I think for many, many years, I did not listen to my body. Mm. And I would have, have intentionally almost ignored my body. Like that, you know, when you say a betrayal, mm. that I'd have thought, damn, I'm sick. God, you know, what the hell? I, you know, I don't want to be sick today or I need to be doing stuff. And I am, I am embarrassed to say this now because it just shows how far removed I was from looking after myself. I remember one time uh, walking to work and uh, I was stopped at a pedestrian crossing and I vomited. Threw up and the pedestrian crossing went green and I carried on into work. I know. And that... For me, I think I was so far removed from listening to my body and listening to even very subtle hints, despite a massive hint like vomiting on the side of the road. And I still drove on because I wanted to be um, strong and I'd have seen it as a weakness to have, you know, had to have a sick day or extraordinary how hard I was on myself. I know. I have about a hundred million advan- um, same examples, Steph, <laughs> of oh, all those things that I would do to myself yeah to to prove that I was still strong or capable or able yeah and yeah and you know when the, when our kids were young I remember uh, one of the lecturers asking me do you ever take a sit down in the afternoon you know do you ever have a cup in the afternoon I was insulted I went what no I'm too busy it was like my badge of honor that yeah. I'm so busy and that was a huge eye-opener for me because I realized, sure, I'd often have the four of our kids sitting down anyway. They might have been coloring or doing something that actually I could have sat down. But in my mind, I had to keep busy. I know. I was addicted to being busy. Yeah. yeah. Seen to be busy. Yeah. If I wasn't seen to be busy, then I was lazy. Yeah. And if I was lazy, then I wasn't worth anything. Yes. Like, and again, these are the things that somehow um, we take on in our early years yeah. yeah and then like I say we carry them forward yeah. and then they just have such a negative impact yeah. on us and so if we're able to bring that up oh my goodness to awareness yeah and I'm a big fan now yes of staying in pajamas me too and not getting dressed <laughs> um and I love that as well our children like they one of their favorite things actually is pajama day yeah. And I actually love that because I think in the earlier years, I probably was like, oh my goodness, we have to be dressed, we have to be gone, we have to do something. Yes. Um, and we still do. But I love that they are able to relax 
I don't think I was very good at relaxing. You don't? No, I wasn't. I wasn't good at relaxing because I felt that if I was relaxing, then I wasn't being productive. And I wasn't being productive, then what is my reason? And I, yeah. I was all bound up in that. Whereas yeah. now I love that. Yeah. And I love that they feel that freedom to yeah. have yeah. a lazy day yeah. and to have a day that nothing is productive, but it actually is. Yes. But they and I suppose I think those things, yeah, oh, it just makes life easier. Yeah, it does, doesn't you it? You know, yeah. And I guess you know, I just have a vivid memory of my youngest guy, Harry. I went into his room one night, and he'd drawn all over his pillow, like <laughs> completely. Like he, it was, and I went, "Oh my god, it's beautiful!" And his face completely changed. <laughs> to kind of like, "Oh my goodness, you like it?" And I was like, "I love it." Whereas. Maybe five years before that, if I'd gone into that, I'd be like, wah And my head would have popped off. And the person who did it would have been, you know. And I suppose, I just, I just, I always remember his face that I arrived into the room and the way it lit up when I went, oh my God, what you've done is so beautiful. (laughs) And the way he changed. And I suppose for me, to me, when I think of that, that to me is the, 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 the night and day of, for me, how I am. Yes, as a as, as a person. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I love that, and I think you know, Lucy. When you say there about growing up, it is so true. What our conditioning is, and we carry it on without questioning it. I definitely carried all of the conditioning without questioning until I went back to do that relationship studies, and lying in in the morning would have been definitely a sign of being lazy, growing up, and it was a sign of oh, you're wasting the day, and you know, there's uh, it was just negative if you laid in. And now, so it was a real uh, learning to realize, oh, actually, it isn't, it isn't, it doesn't make me less worthy of love or less deserving of love if I just chill out and relax. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you think of the separation, the person from the behavior. Yeah. Did you find that a difficult concept? Because I really found it hugely hard. Oh, uh, incredibly hard. And if I'm totally honest with you, I don't think I'm the best at that still. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, um, A, it's, it is. I'm trying to think of the right words to describe it. It's easy. It sounds easy, mm-hmm. but it is hard to do. Mm. I really still feel that. Yeah, I um, and I find that I, uh, it's very easy to slip back into that mode before I can catch myself. Mm. And to, to, but I, yes, I think, but then once you are able to do it, then of course it makes such a difference yeah. as well. And I think, you know, let's, let's say, You're trying also, in our family, let's say, I'm trying to parent a particular way. And then Alan maybe is parenting it. And it's very hard to try to, I'm not saying it's very hard, but it can be, to try to have that meeting of minds that you're on the same page and that I'm trying to mirror almost or model a completely different mindset to maybe the way that we had been brought up. Yes, yeah. Um, and then it's trying to have that unity yeah. between you as well. Yeah. And that can cause a lot of tension. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. do you yeah. find that, uh, that you know, um, where there am I changing or evolving and exposed to a different mindset yes. and way? Yeah. And then it is a case of trying to make sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know that's not a trying about changing anybody or anything like that, but you're in the middle of this, let's say, yeah. metamorphosis yeah. 
And I was so keen for everybody to be buying into yes. uh, this, let's say, way of being. And that's another, let's say, challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember being in class kind of saying like, but how can I do this if? But I guess by being that way, yeah. uh, there is a kind of forward motion yeah, uh, by everyone. Yeah. I, I had, it was a little different because Ian, my husband's parents had done that similar work uh, when Ian was, I think, only eight. And he remembers them changing and he said, you're different to them all those years. But even though Ian had been brought up with all that, uh, that kind of that practice of self-love and self-awareness, when I signed up for it, I actually did get a fright of that, oh, no, I might change here. Mm. And I remember saying to Ian, uh, what happens if I change so dramatically that I go off on a different path altogether? And actually the family breaks down as a unit because I've gone on this journey of self-love and self-discovery, you know. And uh, anyway, at the time, Ian said, well, it would be better that you were loving yourself rather than in a unit that wasn't, you know, nourishing for you. But I found it quite frightening. Yeah. I did have that moment of going, oh, this is so strange. And then also with extended family or my family of origin, wanting them to be on the same page as me and really want to say, no, this is what you need to practice. And, you know, use your eye message. And, and then I realized that actually all I need to do is just do it for myself. And it is that. Yeah. It's that realization. Yeah. It's not actually doing it for anybody else. No. It's only for ourselves. Yeah. And that self, and I think that self observation is huge. I would have never thought that my mind was so active and my mind was so judgmental of myself and critical of myself and not listening to my body until I started that practice of self observing. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Okay, so the self-observation, I think, was a huge turning point for me to become aware of my thoughts and my words and how I spoke to myself. Yeah. Actually, that was a huge thing. You know, how do I... Um, I was very unaware of how I spoke with myself all the time uh, and how unkind or judgmental oh, I'd have been. I really feel that. I feel so... That's how I spoke to myself. Very critical of myself. Yeah. Very yeah. hard on myself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you can kind of get into that. I was definitely in that, I would say like a muscle memory yeah. of that's the way I was with myself. Yeah, yeah. And again, that can slip back easily. Yes. And it's about trying to, again, notice that. Yeah. Um, and then I almost think of it as swinging back. Yeah. Yeah. To that kinder. Yes way of being yeah and that's not always easy to do not at all I know I know I keep saying that it's very hard this is hard that is hard it is extraordinarily hard to change all that way of thinking but I used to always think and I still think it for myself that each time I practice it even if I practice once today to be kinder to myself I'm one step closer to having a more kind relationship with myself a more loving relationship I know. And it can be easy. Sometimes I met someone last week who's again on the course with us and she was not, you know, she's having a difficult time. And she said, I just want to go back to the way I was before because I know exactly what to do that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that sometimes can happen. I felt that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I felt that so much at the beginning, especially. I thought this is such a painful. I would have used the word painful. Mm -hmm. And I would have cried so much in that first year of understanding myself that I thought I would love to just backpedal here 
and just unknow all that I've learned. Yeah. But once you've learned it, you can't really backpedal. Yeah. Yeah. But then as well, I used to think, oh, I've kind of fallen back a hundred steps. You know, I've taken one step forward and a hundred steps back and I just decided for myself I needed to change the language. So I started thinking, okay, I'm just stepping sideways. Yeah, and I also think that I started to think of everything as a learning opportunity. Yeah. That everything was providing me with a learning chance, Yeah, you know, to do things in a different way for me that worked better for me. Yeah. And as a result, then, you know, you're just in that better space. Yes. Yeah. I often think of it almost like a bit of an inner peace. Mm-hmm. I definitely think of it a bit like that. And for lots of different reasons, I always felt that I had this kind of like inside me, like a, an, and not, I'm going to say anger kind of bubbling up mm-hmm. inside of me and you'd be trying to hold it back and pin it back in. And honestly, like if I was showing you, I would kind of feel like it's bubbling inside of me and tiny things could make me really, yeah. really feel that way like stupid things sometimes that you didn't put your chair in after dinner or, you know, like sometimes stupid things and sometimes huge things. Yes. And this, this sort of anger would bubble up. Yes. And I love that I don't really get that yeah. anymore. Yeah. So I almost describe it like an inner peace. Yeah. Um, because then you don't have that. Yeah. And even when there is slippage, I don't ever feel it's ever as intense. Yeah. As that, you know, that real intense alert that was happening. Yes. You know, it's back to that, you know, body kind of warning signs yeah. of, yeah. you know, something's not right here for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know we talk about not wanting to change things. Yes. Right? But I love that you can emerge from that. Yeah, yeah 100%. You know? And as a result, you know, the kids, and I talk about the kids because I think that they probably have benefited the most yeah. from me having that better relationship with myself yeah and that openness you know 100 percent, yeah and you know when you say there about the intuition that was another thing that I was not aware of I was not aware of it at all that I even had that wisdom inside me yeah and I although I would have always said I've got a great gut instinct I'm really I can in you know I can predict or yes. you know have a feeling about something how but how often I would override that feeling yes. only to laterally then go oh I wish I had yes. whereas now I just trust yeah. in my gut or my internal wisdom yeah um because it's never wrong no never wrong and even though sometimes listening to that has an impact on other people yes and yeah. you, you know again that goes back to trying to Make sure that everyone's happy. Yeah. But that it's just about remembering to bring it back and that it has to be right for you and you alone. Yeah. And then whatever it is for other people. Yeah. But it's also, I think it's interesting for me, you know, that we have different reactions and now hopefully just responses. Yes. uh, Rather than reactions. But I guess what I think is really interesting for me is that you think everyone else can have the same reaction as you have. Yeah. But they don't like, so I might say something to you about what someone said and how I got really cross about what they had said. And you would say, well, I would just laugh at that. Yes. Because everybody has a different take on it. Yes. You know? Yes. And so when I say like, just leave that with that person mm-hmm. and that everything is all about, you know, whoever says whatever, it's all about them. Yeah. And, and whatever you say 
and do and think and feel is all about our group. That is an amazing concept, isn't it? It is. And I suppose if you can, I guess I go to Helen for a shared vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she describes it as the darkness, mm-hmm. but to leave the darkness of somebody else. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, yeah. you know, whatever people might say about you, like, I guess for me, like in a professional capacity, I almost describe it as my head is above the parapet. Yes. Because, you know, you're visual, you're, you know, on television, yeah. you've, I've got a couple of books. So you're in a public, you're in the public domain, yeah. not in a huge way, but in a way enough that there can be, you know, yes. negativity. Yeah. And I suppose I find that really, I found that difficult to deal with. But if you can remember that whatever someone is saying is about them and leave that darkness with them. Yes. And that create that sacred boundary. Yes. I love that. And as well, that our response to what somebody is saying is 100% about us. Then. Yes. And that's how I turn it. But yes, it is. It is. And I there's an, an amazing opportunity then to say, oh, how come I'm personalizing Exactly. This? And then your journaling yes. will help you untangle all of that. So... <laughs> Every day is a school day. Every single day, yeah. Lucy, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Oh, thank you so I've much. I absolutely loved it. And uh, we are on an, on an incredible journey. Oh, what a privilege. Yeah, separately and, and together also. It's beautiful to share the journey and to share our experiences. Thank you. Yeah. I love spending time with you. Thank you so much, Lucy. Mm-hmm.